What's up, losers? It's your boy Juan Sanchez, also known as Destroy Dick December, coming at you with the 20th episode of the Million X Girlfriends podcast. And today, uh, I'm gonna try to go about this. Uh, no cuts, no butts, one take, and it's gonna be awesome. So. Let's go. My cat's a part of this now, just like she always does. She always got to be a part of everything I do. That's all right. We're going right ahead. The show must go on. Just like uh, Lupe Fiasco said, I'm ready. The show goes on all night. In the morning, dreams so long. Everybody ever wonder when you see the sender. Copyright claim right here. And now I'm making no money off of it. So the first thing I wanted to say was I listened to, I've been listening to Gary Vaynerchuk a little bit, you know, here and there, on and off. And one thing he said was you got to find something you're passionate passionate enough about to work for 15 hours a day at. And um, I just want to say I, I like chilling too much. I really do just love chilling too much. I get bored after doing stuff for two hours. Like, I can watch movies, you know, an average movie's about two hours long. I can handle that uh, responsibility and span of attention. But most things, activities, people, uh, I just, I get bored after like two hours. I just, I just don't have it in me for any longer. Like, if I were to go on a date with the hottest woman, like, okay, dream woman, Charlie XCX. If I was to go on a date with her... Like, yeah, that would be, like, the dream date, like, and everything, whatever. But she gets two hours. <laughs> All right? I don't care if you're Charlie XCX. You get my attention for two hours. I am an ADHD kid. All right? I need constant stimulation. The next thing I wanted to say was, No Nut November is over. And to all the people who made it through, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> listen, if you listen to this podcast, you failed No Nut November at 12.01 a.m. on November 1st. I did. I love beating off. I always feel guilty and ashamed afterwards. But, uh, you know, like an abused spouse, I go back every time. Um... I've been watching this YouTuber for a while. His name is Elvis the Alien. I'm just rifling right through the stuff. <laughs> I'm just, I'm feeling good about this today. I've been watching Elvis the Alien recently. Uh, he's been radio silent for about uh, a month or so, about three or four weeks, maybe maybe a little longer, six weeks. But uh, last, last I had heard of him, he put out these videos about a guy he called the Asian Onision. Uh, channel, a YouTube channel called Hiding in My Room. The guy who runs it, his name is Daniel. I haven't watched his videos, but from what I could tell from Elvis's videos, the guy's a bit of a drama queen. Um, tends to blow things up and lie and stretch the truth, embellish, over-dramatize a little bit to make content for his channel. And he has a particular personality that's prickly rough around the edges. What Elvis did, he made this video called Confronting the Asian Onision. He spent a whole day hanging out with the guy, interviewed him, 
you know, tried to like, actually tried to, <clears throat> actually tried to get to know the guy. And this blew me away because for a guy who calls, who puts the word alien in his handle, Elvis the alien, what he did was he made a surprisingly human video. He made a video that was an empathetic look at a uniquely imperfect human being. He even says it best in the video, Daniel is not beyond help. Elvis didn't, he made a 37 minute video. He didn't bash on the guy. He didn't rag him. He didn't drag him. He didn't do any of that shit. He just honestly tried to get to know the guy and tried to depict him in the best, I shouldn't say the best light, but he tried to depict him in like the most objective, fairest light possible. It was, it was very, very good. It was very heartwarming, actually, in fact, because Daniel showed a side of himself he didn't necessarily show in his videos. And, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is fascinating to me. It's, uh, it was, it was very touching. It was, it was a very unique video, too. Uh, I remember people making a big stink about Shane Dawson's videos and like, yeah, I did kind of like the conspiracy theory videos, but they went on for a bit too long. This Elvis video felt a little bit like a Shane Dawson video, but just with the fat trimmed out, just like cut down to the... But obviously, it's Elvis's own thing. I, just, I, I don't want to compare or conflate anything like that, but um, yeah. Elvis, Elvis made a, a very unique video, one that you don't see very much of on YouTube these days. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. Check out Elvis the Alien. Uh, the guy is, the guy is, he's one of the best, he's one of the best things that's ever happened to YouTube. I don't know what kind, I don't know what his follower count is, I don't know what his subscribers are at, but um, the guy, the guy's awesome. He makes great content. I also wanted to say, the last thing I wanted to say, I guess part of the regular, you know, whatever, the part of this segment of the podcast is, um, I have to say this for, for editing Juan's sake, but, um, like, yeah, my teeth are, like, fucked up, like, my bottom teeth especially, um, I get that, like, they're not pretty, but they're mine, and, uh, no one's ever said that. To me, no one's ever commented that or anything, but, you know, as as one's profile starts to grow or whatever, you know, criticisms are going to come in left and right. So I already know that ahead of time someone might try to use that against me, so I want to own that now and say that I know my teeth are fucked up and I might get it fixed one day, but for now it's it's whatever, you know. We're all imperfect. And with that, we come to a new segment that I want to call the Christmas Music Corner. I don't have any uh, intro music or anything special. I just wanted to fix the mise-en-scene there because there was something on my bed that was fucking bothering me. Something that wasn't supposed to be in the frame, but that's alright! No cuts, no butts, no coconuts. We're going through with this and we're not editing. We're doing this... We're doing this... Easy, squeezy, lemon sleazy, baby. That's how we're doing it. Quick and dirty. Gorilla filmmaking. 
Eep. So the first thing I want, I want, I want I've been listening to Christmas music lately. Um, you know, last year I listened to a lot more Christmas music than I, I don't plan on listening to as much Christmas music this year as I did last year. But that being said, I do want to take, I do want to talk about a couple of Christmas albums in particular. First one I want to talk about is the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, soundtrack. That special breaks my heart every time. Like, if you call me on a weekend and you're like, yo, what do you want to do? Like, oh, let's watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special and cry. Like, what Like, what are you doing? What are you doing this weekend? Watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special and crying with the boys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that special itself is very touching, very heartwarming. Uh, especially as an adult, it destroys me emotionally every time I try to watch it. Uh, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good songs on there. Oh, Tannenbaum. Uh, um, um, I'm I'm blanking on the name right now, but um, Linus and Lucy, that piano-driven like jazz song. The it's a Christmas classic. I mean, if you don't, I mean, like you either know it or you don't. And uh, it's just it's. It, just the whole the whole album from front to back is very good. The Vince Guaraldi trio, uh, you know, jazz jazz classics, jazz standards. <clears throat> the next album I want to talk about is Jesse J's This Christmas Day. Uh, the whole album is good, just from front to back. Just every song and every cover, I don't know, there might be some original reinterpretations of Christmas songs or whatever. But uh, the, the whole damn thing is great. Just bop to it. Uh, and then the Chris, Chris Isaac's Christmas album. Now, I really do like Chris Isaac as a musician. I want to take some time to actually talk about this. Because Chris Isaac is a like a, a country country rock musician country rock and roll um some people don't like him because he's too country depending on what your taste is i'm not my taste on country is, is honestly give and go depending on what kind of country it is old johnny cash merle haggard country i think is just fine but some of this modern pop bro country uh, there's some hidden gems in it here and there but most of it is just trash <laughs> like but uh chris isaac has Chris Isaac has something special in his sound. I don't know if it's his voice. I don't know if it's the the guitar playing. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that old rockabilly sound, but I do like Chris Isaac. And again, another good Christmas album. Um, there's a lot of songs on this thing. I can't remember what the name of the song is, but there's a song that sounds like it has a guest vocal from Tom Waits on it, of all people. I don't think it is Tom Waits, but then again, the, the vocal is so raspy that I wouldn't be surprised if it was. But I do want to mention two songs on it in particular. The first I want to mention is the song Brightest Star. It's a beautiful, angelic, damn good, really good song. I don't know if it's like a it's like a love song, a song of longing or whatever, but there's no particular references to Christmas except for one specific one about hearing the kids voice about hearing the children's voices caroling each year it means one thing um, uh, the chorus your love you give it away 
I fall to my knees and I pray. Um, God damn, that shit's just transcended. That shit makes me leave my body in the same way that Joji slow dancing in the dark does. Just when it gets to that one, you know what I'm talking about. When it gets to that one particular part, there's always there's always that one song, you know. It just hits that part, and you just every time you just you can feel yourself rising from you can just feel yourself rising from the bullshit. It's that powerful of a song, in my opinion. Chris Isaac, brightest star, definitely check that out. And then uh, and then the song right after that on the album. The next one I want to talk about is the song last month of the year what's up Gibby uh, the song last month of the year this is like this is another fun like countryish rock song uh, this song is so damn fun it gets me singing about Jesus and I don't even believe in God lyrics are like tell me when was Jesus born last month of the year <laughs> he was born in the oxen manger last month of the year and uh, I think one thing that gets me into this song is the backup singers are singing their goddamn hearts out. Like at the very end, they do like a little like, you know, rock and roll like uh, uh, styled like, you know, hang up ending. I don't know how to describe it, but basically the backup singers end the song by like going like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus and like I said I don't believe in God but even I'm just like fucking praise the Lord baby I I've been saved every time every time Chris Isaac last month of the year and brightest star off of the Christmas album what do we got here Chris Isaac tends to specialize in that well yeah I mean the man is a goddamn fucking musical genius um Okay, I'm gonna go a little off script now because that's the last of everything that I've written. But earlier I was watching a show on Netflix with my kid sister, and the show is called Young and Hungry, starring Emily Osmond. Uh, you might remember from, what the fuck was that show? It was that show with Miley Cyrus. Hannah Montana. Yes, uh, this show, <laughs> this show is trash. It's so bad in the in the worst sort of all of the shows on freeform are very particularly trashy in like a fantastical kind of way. Um, Baby Daddy, The Fosters, Young and Hungry, they occupy a certain unreality, but the problem is like people conflate these shows with reality because they're aimed at dumb young people. Like a lot of the jokes and the tone of the things that Young and Hungry is going for, I can't tell if it's going for a young audience of like children, because like some of the jokes are just so stupidly delivered, like they can only be aimed towards children. However, some of the jokes are so sleazy, they could only be aimed towards adults. So, who's your audience? Because you got a joke about a dude getting a boner while two chicks are sitting on top of him. But also you have people saying punchlines really loudly because the writing's not funny. And yelling really loudly is a way to get kids to laugh. I think is what bad comedy writers think. Um, one thing I want to zero on in, in particular. The relationship between the two main characters, Josh and Gabby. It's a very 
Now, we've come to overuse the word toxic in today's culture, but it is an unhealthy relationship. In the first episode, she needs a job. She becomes his personal. She becomes his personal chef. She sleeps with him, and then they spend like six years chasing each other around. Yes, no. I like you. I don't like you. I need to move on. I can't move on. I like you too much. I'm gonna go be in a relationship with your brother. I, I'm gonna take you back for my brother. I, I'm gonna go in a relationship with this guy. I let you go. It, it, it's it's. Like the episode I was watching earlier, like he he gives her Josh, you know, he has a bunch of money because he's a tech genius or whatever, you know, plot convenience. Gives her a bunch of money. They buy and his brother, you know, because they want to date her. Her Jake is the brother's name. So so Gabby and Jake like each other, and Josh gives them a bunch of money in a food truck, and they go to Coachella, and then he's all like, "Oh, duh, I like Gabby. I'm gonna chase her now." Even though, like, that's your brother, you fucking dickhead. Like, also, Gabby's a human being, you fucking dickhead. Also, but also, Gabby, you're not free from this either because you do the same fucking thing to, to uh, Josh all the time. So neither of these people are free from this. Everybody in the show is a terrible person. Uh, Yolanda, Yolanda, I love, uh, she's one of the side characters. And, damn, I can't remember his name, the gay Asian guy. They're both really funny, albeit terrible characters, but they're still really funny. Like, the actors are very good at what they do. And the guy who plays Josh is kind of funny sometimes. And, you know, Emily Osment's boring, but she has her moments. And then the, the girl who plays Sophia is just, she's, she's there, I guess. She takes, up, she takes up physical space in the scene. You know, nothing wrong with that. But, um... Yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, it's a crap show, and I like to hate watch it. I'll admit that, because Emily Osmond's crazy hot. I mean, you know, she's 5'3", and she sticks out in all the right places. I mean, that's what looks good on screen. You know, as a guy who wants to be a director, there's a reason why people like Charlie XCX and Scarlett Johansson and Emily Osmond, you know, why people want to take pictures of them. I get that. Um, that being said, there needs to be more to your main character than just how hot she is. But that's just me. That's all I think about it. So right now what happens is I have two minutes left to account for. So I'm gonna read through these comments on the live tweet, on the live stream. My boy Gibson has to say, I know all about that vibe, currently rehearsing for a gospel concert in Providence that goes up Saturday. Oh yeah, 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 about, the, about religion and everything. Yeah. Um. I'm not particularly a fan of religion because I just think it's like people arguing over imaginary friends. But that being said, I do have respect for the stories and the art that comes out of it. Uh, I don't think we should do away with religion because if you do away with religion, you would do away with a lot of the source for inspiration, um, both personally and artistically. So. You know, I respect that it has its place. It's, it's a complicated, it's a complicated thing. Atheism and Christmas lyrics clash, interestingly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you'll get a lot of atheists singing holiday shit. Even though they'll be like, 
Well, happy holidays or whatever. I'm fascinated by the Jesus story myself. I mean, yeah, yeah. Tower of Babel, I think, is a great one. Um, I got 45 seconds left, so I'm going to say that Tower of Babel. Um, hey, New York City, stop. You're, the Tower of Babel is all about not building structures to challenge godhood. So maybe New York City, stop doing that. Stop challenging godhood. Anyway, um, that's it. That's that. Million ex-girlfriends, signing out for now. This has been your host, One Take, Destroy Dick December, Easy Squeezy Lemon Sleazy Baby. And uh, until next time, I hope you, uh, I lost my glasses. I hope you, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs>